You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are talking to a former client of mine. That's right, a guy who used to be a client of mine who also happens to be a very smart doctor. And I told this man, Dr. Stillman, that he needs to come on the podcast because he has so much great information to offer in terms of helping people with their health, in terms of helping people with understanding what they need to do to have a healthier life. Specifically on today's episode, we talk about keeping your mind sharp and increasing testosterone, but we also do touch on a lot of other things. And so he talks about a lot of just different ideas on what it takes to be able to balance out some of the things that are happening inside of your body so you feel better. He also talks about some universal truths, meaning some things that are going to be good for everyone, no matter who they are or what their body type is or where they come from. So you're going to get a lot of cool practical stuff that you can use and you do get an opportunity also to work with him if you'd like. And he talks about how you guys can do that too. I'm going to be working with him. And by the way, this is not an ad. This is not sponsored by any means. Um, I will always let you know if I ever do that, which is extremely rare, of course. But anyways, I'm going to be working with him uh, probably next year. And what we're going to be doing is doing blood panels and urine samples and all that good stuff to just check out to see if everything is regulated in my body. So we're going to go and check into that to make sure that there's nothing going on and, and there's nothing that I lack in terms of any kind of vitamins, minerals, nutrients, things like that. And I'm really excited to do so. We were going to do that actually uh, last year, but because of COVID, it was very challenging for me to find a place to go get my blood taken. And it was just a, a whole hassle. So we're going to do that soon. And I can't wait. Maybe I'll even share my results with you. Anyway, I want to let you know before we start the episode, a lot of guys have been needing help with talking to women. They feel like they have a a few, uh, you know, silences, awkward moments where they're talking to a girl and they're not sure how to continue or what to say. I do have something for free for you that you can check out. It's a video called Chick Crack. You can get that at tripadvice.com slash chick dash crack. It's 100% free. And what's cool is it's a video that gets sent to you via email that teaches you the four conversation topics that women go crazy for. So specific conversation topics that you can learn that is going to help you continue conversation. So all you need to do is go to tripadvice.com slash chick dash crack. I want that to help you so you can have better conversations. And what's cool is it gets you on my email list. And my email list is just full of value. Every single week, I'm sending out a few emails that's just pure tips, practical tips, things that you can use, reminders for confident mindsets, how to approach women, everything, flirting, sex, you name it, it's all on there. So it's kind of a double whammy, two for one, get this for free, get on my email list so you can get even more great tips for meeting and attracting women. If tips is not something you need and you need more of an action plan, you need action steps, you need to really take this to the next level, that's all right. We got an option for you. It's called coaching, personalized coaching for you. You work with a coach, myself or another coach at Trip Advice, where you are going to get direct help applied to you to push you, to motivate you, to give you new mindsets, to give you tips and tools and techniques, to be going out and talking to women and holding you accountable to do so. If you're interested in that, go to coachedbytrip.com. Go there now and apply today to 
to work with me or another certified TripAdvice coach, where you are going to get all the help you need to be, again, held accountable to have the best profile for dating that gets you lots of matches and to beat your approach anxiety to go out and talk to women and attract beautiful women that you never thought that you could actually attract. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's possible. You wouldn't believe it, but it is believable. Check out some of the testimonials on the coachedbytrip.com page. They are real. I actually was on a phone with a guy recently. He said, yeah, I'm not sure even sure if they're real. He almost thought that they might be fake. And I was like, dude, I don't know how how much more unethical you could get to have uh, fake testimonials on there. So no, they're not fake. They're not actors. They are real. They are not only real people who have gotten results, but they've gotten results with the Trip Advice program, like as promised. So anywho, check that out, coachedbytrip.com or and or you can check out tripadvice.com slash chick dash crack to get your free video on four conversation topics that women go crazy for. All right. In the meantime, let's check out my interview with Dr. Leland Stoman, former client of mine who ended up getting amazing results in the program. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about his expertise, health. Dr. Stillman, good to have you on the podcast. How's it going, man? Great to be here. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It is awesome to have you on here. And uh, yeah, if I can, if I if I get this correctly, I'm pretty sure you are the first client I've ever had who's been on a podcast. Who's we're not going to be talking about coaching or any of that. We're going to be talking about your area of specialty. And why don't you tell us what that area is? So I am um, trained as a general internist. I'm a physician, medical doctor, went to school at UVA. Then I did my internal medicine training at Maine Medical Center. So I specialize really in the treatment of sick adults. And after my training, I was very disillusioned with the way that we weren't you know, preventing disease. I really wanted to work with healthy, not healthy, but I really wanted to work with people who were motivated to be healthy. And the funny thing about healthy people that I've you know, found is a lot of them are healthy on paper, but they have all these other underlying issues, you know, that really impact their health. Like a guy with, um, you know, erectile dysfunction who, you know, is really healthy and is running, you know, 5Ks, no sweat and, you know, hits it hard at the gym. And if that's impacting his, you know, relationship, it can really impact his, his mental health and then his physical health. So I really wanted to help people who were working at a, who wanted to achieve a high level of fitness, achieve that fitness. And that's how I got into integrative medicine. And now I do and specialize in helping people understand their nutrition, their environment, their lifestyle, really dialing in a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, of course, which is why we're here, you know, talking today about how men can reach, you know, better, higher levels of performance using diet, lifestyle, and environmental modifications. So how did you get into this? I mean, what made you want to help people with their health in this way? I feel like you're almost like a doctor slash coach. You're not just someone where they go see a doctor and get checked up on something specific. It's a little bit more than that. It's a very, it's very unique, it feels. That's absolutely true. No, I don't, I don't have a lot of colleagues who do what I do the way that I do it. And I got into this because, you know, from an early age, I wanted to be the best that I could be. I was fascinated by biology, by life, by people's bodies, by how they work, by how they don't work. I'm also fascinated by psychology. And then, you know, I became a doctor because that was the best training, in my view, it was going to give me the most in-depth and intensive experience. You know, I wanted to be the person who was taking care of people. Um, in the hospital who were as sick as, you know, sick gets. 
you know, while I don't take care of a lot of those extremely sick people now, I certainly have some pretty intimidating cases come my way that I'm happy to tackle. I also have a lot of people coming to me who who just want performance optimization or who have an issue that they're not satisfied with the answers from conventional medicine, right? And you know, I mentioned erectile dysfunction earlier because it's it's a case I'm working on right now, but it's a it's a classic example, right? I mean, a lot of men get handed this diagnosis and they say, take this pill for the rest of your life to treat this illness, but then they may get side effects from that, or they may, I think a lot of people just have an underlying sense of what's special about me. Why do I need this pill, but somebody else doesn't need this pill? And often people don't end up responding to the conventional treatment. So you have to come up with something else that's going to really work for them. And you know, when you start to really get into this with people, understanding their diet, their lifestyle, their environment, there's so much to optimize. And then you can really get to the root causes of things which is really, in my opinion, what medicine should be about. I mean, Hippocrates wrote about that. His his wording in the original Hippocratic Oath is very clear that you're supposed to help your, your patient lead a healthy life and not need your services. And that's what I wanted to do from the get-go. You know, sadly, we had a very profit-driven model of medicine all over the world. And, you know, so docs like me just have to break out of that mold and, and do what we think is right for the patient and really learn all this stuff on our own time outside of the conventional model. So why don't you think that there are more doctors who are doing this? It feels like the right move for people to work with someone in more of a proactive way to be figuring out some of their health instead of just going to the doctor when they feel ill or when they feel, you know, just not well. I think there's, that's a really long story. I mean, I, and we could talk all day about that, but the short version is simply that, you know, in the conventional world, they require a lot of research before they get on board with a, a therapy, right? You know, even then there's a lot of uh, controversy, let's just say. The people who have the money to buy that kind of evidence, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but I mean literally just have the money to fund clinical trials, are pharmaceutical companies. And you can only patent things, you can only make a lot of money on things that you can patent, right? And so a lot of what I do is not patentable and can't make anybody a fortune. And so it doesn't get studied to the extent that people want. This leaves the door wide open for a lot of to be blunt, you know, hucksters and snake oil salesmen to take advantage of people doing medicine that really doesn't make any sense. A lot of what I do is based on my experience and very small, you know, numbers of patients who responded. A lot of it's based on just, hey, this makes sense, let's do it. But I always take the time to explain that to the patient and really go through why I think they should do this, what the upside is, what the downside is. And a lot of things I'll recommend to people, there's no cost. And it's really just a trial. Like, for example, I'll tell someone, if I'm worried that someone's in a toxic building, I'll say, look, take a vacation. Now, is there no cost to that? You know, you got to get out of your house for a week. But if you really want to do it right, you get out of your house and you go camping for a week. And that tells me if something in your environment back home, whether it's a very high electrical or magnetic field or sound pollution or air pollution or something like that in your environment is making you sick, then we kind of winnow away the possibilities and and figure that out. But that's why I think this model is um, sidelined. It doesn't make people most money in the system. And then the system is very hegemonic. It really kind of wages economic warfare on people outside of it to try and, you know, steal as much business as possible. And that's why people listening to this have noticed, you know, they, they used to have a hospital and a clinic every few blocks in a city that was run by a different doctor. And now it's all one big system. You know, I mean, there's very, very few independent practitioners left because of that kind of economic warfare. So what are some things that guys come to you for that they need help on? What's some common illnesses, ailments, or things that they're trying to work on? 
So the number one issue that young men come to see me for is almost never, and when I say number one, let's just say the most common complaint, is not their most pressing issue. It's brain fog. They're not as sharp as they used to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they have like serious forgetfulness. They don't have really abnormal neurological function. They don't have some kind of weird palsy or they don't have any other kind of brain impairment. And it's very subjective, right? They just have this sense that they're not as sharp as they were. That's the most common complaint, but there's almost always something that goes along with that that's more troubling to them because men want to go out in life. They want to succeed in their career. They want to succeed with women or men, as the case may be, right? They want to succeed, you know, personally, professionally, They and they want to succeed in many cases, you know, athletically or with, with their physique. They want to be comfortable with how they look. And when they're coming to me, certainly below the age of, of 50, it's because something's going wrong that's getting in the way of them getting the results they want. So brain fog may go along with, you know, crippling anxiety or depression or erectile dysfunction or other simple and embarrassing stuff like people having uncontrollable bowel movements. I mean, how can you work with a dating coach if you don't have your gut on track? If you can't go out and, you know, smoke a couple of beers and, you know, drink a cocktail, you know, good luck dating in the modern dating scene, right? And yet I got patients who can barely eat anything but, you know, beans, rice, some protein here and there, and they have to be very careful with what they eat. That really puts a cramp in somebody's style. And it's hard to succeed, particularly at higher levels of of our society, right? You know, just today I was on the phone with somebody who um, used to be a president of multiple uh, multinational corporations. He used to travel all over the world and it really made it difficult for him because it, it threw off his digestion when he had to go out and eat. And so men need to be healthy. They need to be robust. They need to be strong. They need to be able to, you know, go out to dinner and drink with the boys and eat a full meal that may not be what they even want to eat. It may be hard on their stomach just to fit in and get ahead in life. And so I'm helping guys who there's something like that getting in the way of them getting what they want. So what do you help them with when they come to you and say, I'm feeling that brain fog? Yeah, so let's start with just the whole premise behind what I do and really why what I do is needed. Because I sometimes joke with my patients that if they want the short version, they should sell all their worldly possessions, move to a tropical island and eat a local seasonal diet rich in fish and shellfish. But, you know, funnily enough, no one's taken me up on that offer yet. <laughs> of course not. Right? Yeah. But I mean, of course, it's hilarious because who doesn't want to do that, right? But the problem is that we have very much removed ourselves from nature. Now, in nature, we've got all these natural problems. You know, we get parasites or infectious illnesses, not to mention, you know, like warring tribes and venomous snakes and poisonous animals and, you know, predators, right? But we're very optimized to deal with those things. In fact, confronting all those things tends to make men stronger, right? That's the whole, like, I mean, just think about like Conan the Barbarian, right? Makes him strong, big, manly, and then he succeeds in every aspect of his life. With modern technology, we're able to do things that really undermine our strength and our physiology, and most men are not aware of what's doing that in their daily life. And I like to go back to this quote by Hippocrates. He said, the greatest medicine of all is teaching people how not to need it. That's my goal. Get people off their supplements, get people off their medicines, get them to live a lifestyle that makes them strong, healthy, and robust with a minimum of you know time, effort, let alone money. And so, so what's the, yeah, yeah, what's the process there? Sounds like it's, it's going to be uh, elimination. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you got to figure out what you got to add to their lifestyle, diet, environment, and what you have to remove. And, you know, tragically, I mean, there's just not a lot of great health education in the United States. And I, I say that a lot of medical information is really marketing, masquerading as information because everyone's selling you an 
in medicine is, is they, they're trying to sell you something, whether it's their time or their services. You know, I'm transparent with that about patients. Like I get on podcasts like this and I'm very frank, you know, like people pay me for my time because I know what to do that works. And that's why if you go to my website, you don't see a bunch of affiliate links. You don't see me selling supplements. You know, I, I sell people my time, my expertise, but everybody's doing that. And so as a result, people will come to me who've been told that they need to follow this diet or not eat this food or not do this thing or, or get this gizmo or this gadget. You know, I joke with some people that, you know, that particularly the ones who spend a lot of money on gadgets and gizmos, that they need an extra garage just to fit all that stuff. And, you know, what's funny is that they'll wind up coming to me when they're not getting the results that they want, despite having spent all this time and money on products that have been marketed to them. So a big part of this is getting people out of that marketing cycle and focusing on simple stuff. Like, for example, you know, I mentioned nitric oxide to you earlier today before we started recording. And it's one of the things I focus on with anyone who comes to me, particularly men, because it is an amino acid that's necessary for normal, healthy blood flow around the body and normal, healthy immune system function. When I look at young men, a lot of them are not eating nuts and seeds, which are the major source of arginine in their diet. And sure enough, the guys who don't eat any nuts and seeds have low levels of arginine when we actually do their lab testing. Well, arginine does, you know, this is very important for men for their athletic performance, because if you can't move blood around the body, you can't perfuse your muscles, you can't do work, you can't you know, hit the gym hard, you can't be an athlete, you can't build muscle. If you don't have enough arginine and enough nitric oxide, blood flow to the brain may be impaired. It's one reason why all these nitric oxide supplements are being marketed to people who have issues with brain fog, fatigue, depression, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. They don't have enough arginine. Yeah, exactly. Can you, can you buy that as a supplement? You can. But here's so the what deal, would, right? Yeah, I was going to ask, what's the difference between, okay, I'll go on Amazon right now and exactly, buy that as yeah. a supplement, get it tomorrow from Prime. And this is why I don't sell supplements, is that when you begin to look at the rest of the patient's nutritional panel, you see other patterns. Like, for example, another common pattern for me is that men will end up with a high zinc level and a low copper level because red meat is something that we all, I mean, all, a lot of us happen to love while we tend to shy away from, or let's just say we're tempted away from uh, plant foods, which are higher in copper compared to zinc. So the vegans and vegetarians and also women for hormonal issues or reasons will end up with a, likely a high copper level, particularly if they eat adequate nuts and seeds, while men who eat a more meat-based diet will often end up with a high or at least normal zinc level. Well, when you have too much zinc in your diet, not enough copper, you can end up with a copper deficiency. Well, copper deficiency manifests as fatigue, brain fog, a bunch of other neurological and really blood disorders. It's a long list of issues that arise from, from copper. And I'm amazed by sometimes what people will, how people will respond to me just giving them back the foods that they really need. Now, the reason I don't just recommend, oh, well, every man should take you know, arginine is simple. When you look at what's in nuts and seeds, it's not just copper, it's not just arginine, it's all these other nutrients and they're all occurring in a complex. And so I'll take a patient and say, okay, your arginine is low and your copper is low and you have too much omega-6s and not enough omega-3s. Well, the perfect food for you is going to be flaxseed or chia seeds. You know, contrast that with somebody who comes in with the same labs, except that they've got a high saturated fat level and a low omega-6 level. Well, walnuts are actually going to be better for them than chia seeds because they've got more omega-6s. So there's a lot of complexity to what I do with men in, in optimizing their diets. And it's not just as simple as take my men's one a day, or this whole spiel I just gave you would have been that simple, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Got it. So it's all dependent on the guy that you're working with and what's going on with his blood panels. Now, I remember because 
I'm going to be doing this with you soon, hopefully in the new year here, is you also take blood, you take urine, you take stool, right? Right, depending on the case. Okay, so you don't just do that for everybody. No, but I mean, it is sometimes, yeah, I mean, it's tailored to the case, you know, but some people are just, I want to know everything about me, you know, and we'll, we can, if they really want to, you know, we, there's no reason we can't start with, you know, two or $3,000 worth of lab testing. It's just that for obvious reasons, people, you know, tend to want to limit it to what's going to give them the benefit. You know, the, the nutritional panel that I start out by running, you know, the retail price is like a couple thousand. I get it for, you know, 550. So it's a, it's a big discount for me as a practitioner, but man, the number of analytes on there, if you just bought them from LabCorp is very expensive. It's enormous amount of information. It's more lab, it's more actual numbers than people are used to seeing when they go to the doctor by two or 300%. You know, it's that many different analytes at least. And of course, someone doing that on their own, they're going to have no idea what the heck they're looking at. Exactly. And there's so many, you know, caveats and ins and outs, and that's why it's worth having somebody to guide you through your lab work. But, you know, more than just getting quantification, which is what I do per se with, uh, with, with patients and clients, is actually helping them understand, you know, how many things in their environment are impacting them. Because what I realized doing lab work is that a lot of people who, you know, you treat their labs, right, will still not get better. And you have to ask the question, well, why? You know, what am I missing? And there's things in the environment that alter how our bodies use these things. So for example, I mentioned, you know, arginine turning into nitric oxide. Well, we can alter how arginine is produced and we can increase it as we want with certain types of light, like ultraviolet light hitting your skin up, upregulates INOS, which is intrinsic nitrous oxide inducible. Uh, it's an inducible enzyme that can make more nitric oxide. And that's one reason why getting sunlight on your skin can reduce your blood pressure. Now, at the same time, I could use red or infrared light in order to change nitric oxide signaling, and it works by a different mechanism. That's one reason why when men are telling me that they, you know, what guy doesn't, right? I mean, guys will come to me and say, look, is there anything we can do to help improve my performance in the bedroom? You know, just, just because. And one of the secret weapons for me is a nice solid red light therapy panel that's going to give them infrared and red light that will, I mean, it, this is anecdotal, by the way, but it is a performance enhancer in the bedroom. I mean, we've studied it very well in athletes, so we know how it works, but it's, it's a game changer. And that's why, you know, it's just, it's not about just the labs. It's not about just the diet. You know, guys who are listening to this can get a lot out of just thinking through the process that I'm encouraging them to think through. What is going on in your environment? You know, did you see the sun today? Did you get enough light on your skin and in your eye, which is where it really has to get in order to stimulate hormone and neurotransmitter levels? You know, should you really be getting up at four o'clock in the morning when it's very dark outside in order to hit the gym so that you only end up getting six hours of sleep a night? You know, is the noise pollution in your bedroom ruining your sleep? And is that why you're having trouble, you know, putting on muscle mass and performing at work or, you know, relating to people? I mean, it's just, and it's one thing after another, you know, and it's, it's, it's really rewarding to work with people and, and get through all these different things and help them see, you know, get results and see what they want to see in their body and in their mind. So for you, everything is about testing, experimenting, knocking things out, trying new things in terms of you know the blood panel back and just hearing about their lifestyle. Are there any things you could tell the guys listening now that are pretty much universal? Like the Absolutely, universal yeah. things that you could say that are just like, no matter what your situation is, no matter how much copper you got in your body or not, yep. or, Absolutely. Uh, or you work out, you don't, you smoke, you don't, whatever it may be, what are some of those universals? Be closer to nature than the other guys around you. I'm not saying to like sell your shoes and go run around in Central Park, you know, you know, in your bare feet, but not that that might not be good for you. 
because there is some benefit, I think, to, to earthing, which is a whole other story. But, you know, guys will get into these situations where they're living in an apartment and they never open the windows and they may not have the greatest hygiene. And you walk in and you're like, this smells stale. That can't be good for people. Simple things I'll tell people to do is open the windows, get some fresh air, okay? Go outside, get some sun on your skin. Don't sunburn, but get enough sunlight that you're going to have a normal vitamin D level. The studies on vitamin D level and not, not only longevity, but immune function and also the effect of vitamin D on um, your athletic performance, which for men, of course, translates into better performance in the bedroom, is voluminous. And it goes back so far. We were doing studies on this in the 19-teens with very profound effects. So men need to get some sunlight. You know, I mean, it's, it's anecdotal, right? But I, I constantly notice that the guys who are young men who are significantly overweight, uh, most of them are extremely pale. And I know what they're not doing. They're not getting outside. They're not getting fresh air. And that's why I joke with people that the short version is sell all your worldly possessions and go to, you know, I mean, it's just, it's so simple. It's funny, but there's details that matter. Like, for example, people will use sunscreens that have been studied for how well they prevent UVB light from hitting the skin, but they haven't been studied for how well they actually prevent cancer. And that's actually a very important distinction because when you go back into the literature and you look, some sunscreens contain uh, potentially carcinogenic or cancer-causing agents. And so for people working with me, zinc oxide is the only thing I tell them I want them putting on their skin to prevent sunburn. I'm not saying that all the other sunscreens on the market are toxic and you need to be afraid of them. I'm not into fear-mongering like a lot of my you know, health and wellness colleagues. But the simple fact is I know zinc oxide works and I know it doesn't you know, create mutagenic changes in your skin that can then turn into skin cancers later. And, you know, yeah, I use sunscreen when I'm going to be out on the, on the water or out on the, at the beach for a long period of time and I'm going to be in more sun than my skin can handle because I'm very you know, light-skinned. Okay, what are some other universals? Be careful with technology use at night because uh, what men need to realize about their hormones and neurotransmitters, and I feel like testosterone is one of the biggest things men ask me about, right? You know, should we check my testosterone? Should we replace my testosterone? Should we, even if my testosterone is normal, should we add more testosterone, right? Very important to ask the question, right? How is this supposed to work in nature? In nature, our circadian rhythms are set primarily by light light hitting our eye and our skin. That's one reason why one of the recommendations I make to people is wake up with natural light. That doesn't work for people who live in an urban area where there's an incredible amount of, you know, light pollution at night. Because one of the other things I want is absolute darkness or close to it in the bedroom. So you can really rest because that blue light coming in from that street lamp that you don't really think much of, that will wreck your circadian rhythms, ruin your sleep quality, and contribute to premature aging and poor fitness, you know, in the short term. Getting light during the day stimulates hormones and neurotransmitters. This goes back to some really crazy literature done by ophthalmologists in Europe back in the 60s and 70s, particularly this German guy named Fritz Hallwich. And he wrote this really fascinating story where he documented just how powerful the effect of sunlight was on animals and his, his human patients. And he would show increases in hormones and neurotransmitter levels in patients who he removed cataracts from because the cataract was obstructing the light from hitting the back of the eye. And the, the, I mean, the profound implication of that is this. If you don't get enough light in your life, your hormones and neurotransmitters are not going to be as high as they could be, right? So whenever a guy comes to me and is like, well, what about my testosterone? Should we, you know, inject some of that into me? I say, well, stop. What are you doing to make sure that your normal production is online, starting with your light environment? So that's very important. And then 
at night, what people need to realize is that if you get lots of artificial light at night, it doesn't give your body time to regenerate and rejuvenate. And it starts to mess with these circadian rhythms. Now, the frequencies of light that disrupt sleep are blue and green light. There's a huge amount of literature on this, and that's why one of the things I'll recommend to young men who've got any kind of brain fog, anxiety, fatigue, immune problem, sleep issue, whatever, is glasses that actually block blue light. They're called blue blockers. And I like the very dark red ones. I caution people that they're about as powerful as a Benadryl because they will make you sleepy, but they will knock you out. They really improve sleep quality. I tell people to use them at least three hours before bed, but they don't you know, strictly speaking, have to use them all the time. I love to go out and have a good time and I don't want to be sleepy when I'm partying. So I don't wear them then, but particularly guys who are trying to get their health back. That's a a secret weapon that really gets them results. You can do a lot of other stuff, you know, the the details of which are, uh, I always tailor to people, but I mean, changing your skin uh, color temperature down to warmer, you can use apps like flux or the night mode on your phone, all that's helpful. And then you got to make sure your lighting in your, your bedroom, bathroom, wherever you're spending a lot of time after dark, isn't super uh, uh, bright or blue. So you want the warmer amber tones. And that's the really critical stuff with light environment. And then the last thing I see men doing that is a big mistake, let's just say, is mouth breathing. And for that, I tell men that they need to tune into a guy like Patrick McKeon over at Oxygen Advantage because he does a lot of um, he does a lot of, of content focused on helping teach men how to breathe optimally, and not just men, but everyone, how to breathe optimally for health and fitness. And you know, mouth breathing in men, it just it 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 undermines all the physiology that you care about that makes you masculine. Okay, so what I'm hearing then is sleep, getting outside, working on your breathing, anything else, universal. Universal. Anything universal with, with food, beverage? You know, I'm tempted to say yes. Like every single type of food. Yeah, so you could, you my, could look up online. It's like people will say this is the best thing for you. Then you'll read a blog article that say this is the worst thing for you. That is literally so every true, kind of food. It, it's yep. insane. So number one, I always tailor this to the patient. So I had a patient who I told, you know, based on her labs, she needed to go on a uh, very plant-based diet for three months because she had some unique patterns. And she had been eating very animal-based for years at that point. And she just needed to correct some deficiencies and get, you know, some, some different food in her diet. Now, what happened then is that she came back to me later with symptoms of a deficiency of a nutrient found predominantly in animal foods. And she just emailed me with this. I have yet to act on it. But I guarantee you what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell her to integrate more of that into her diet to address this deficiency. And then we're going to test and we're going to see what you know we find as far as the significance and why that may be deficient because she should have been getting enough of that in her diet. The reason I bring that specific case up is simply that people are each at a different place with their numbers. And so there's very little I can tell people universally without some quantification, some understanding of them. Even without labs, I can tell people a little bit about what I think they ought to try eating based on the rest of their case. But if there's one piece of advice that came to me from my mentor, Dr. Beck, who's the formulator of the the protocol I use, Balance Protocol, which really gets into all the nitty gritty details of this, you know, beyond just the, you know, the, the one liners I can give people on a podcast, and that's eat a varied and diverse diet. The reason for that is that when you look at, because you're going to see in the literature, right, you're going to see all these people saying, well, the Inuit eat this way and they eat no vegetables and no fruits and whatever for this many months of the year. And yet they're super healthy and they can take down the narwhal and they can, you know, take on the whatever other kind of whale you want to pick, right? 
And then they'll say, oh, but then there's also like the Hazda and they live in equatorial Africa and they eat, you know, everything, you know, they eat like porcupine liver and they eat this weird grub that there's no name for this animal or insect, I should say in English, right? And then they'll go across the world, right? And they'll say, oh, well, here are the people of Tierra del Fuego who live in this mixed climate that's cold some of the year, but warm some of the year and they eat everything, right? Well, you can't possibly eat all the foods that these people are eating. I sometimes like to joke with people that we're the only species on planet Earth that eats a non-local, non-seasonal diet and is smart enough to argue about what to eat, but dumb enough to not figure it out. And the, the simple answer to this question is, when you look at how people eat to stay healthy in a state of nature, they're opportunistic. They eat a lot of different foods. They eat some of them seasonally, but they're always eating whatever's available and they store a certain amount for the winter that, you know, mem- that, that carries them through, right? And there's not a, they don't do what we do which is, you know, people tend to go to the grocery store and they buy, you know, bacon for breakfast and they have chicken for lunch and then they have beef for dinner. Well, I mean, are you kidding me? You go out into the woods, I mean, you could have squirrel for lunch and possum for dinner and you could have, you know, capybara for for breakfast and then you could have, you know, fish for lunch. I mean, when I go to the grocery store, I buy a ton of different foods. I, you know, there's not a single meat in the in the meat section and there's not a single vegetable or fruit or nut that I don't eat at some point during the year. So I'm cycling these things in and out of my diet. And that's one of the secrets to not developing A, toxic levels of a nutrient, and B, not developing significant deficiencies either. Because one of the patterns is, like I said earlier, right, when guys restrict a food like nuts or or, or um, any, I can pick any food, right? But with nuts, it's, it tends to be copper, it tends to be arginine. At the same time, if you eat the same nut over and over and over again, like a Brazil nut is a great example, right? There's a house episode on this. If you eat too many Brazil nuts, you can reach toxic levels of selenium. And I thought that that was hyperbole and I never saw it in my clinical training and I never checked a selenium level. And lo and behold, first six months testing a more broader nutritional panel, had somebody come in taking 200 micrograms of selenium a day. He'd been doing that for years and his selenium level was off the charts. That's one reason why when people come to work with me, I say, stop all your supplements for at least two weeks, no coffee, no tea, no alcohol. And we go from there because there's, it's amazing what people can do to their physiology by eating the same thing over and over again, or taking a supplement they heard was good for them without any kind of actual quantification and guidance. What are your thoughts on alcohol and, and use of it? Obviously, I, you know, on a severe level and the, and the consistent level, I'm sure that's not healthy, uh, but what about on a moderate level? Yeah, so I drink a couple of cocktails most nights because I love Because a you're a doctor. Well, not <laughs> only that, but because I actually uh, live for most of my adult life not able to tolerate alcohol well. And part of my whole journey into integrative medicine was trying to figure out, well, what am I missing? Like, why can my friends you know, drink beer after beer or, you know, cocktail after cocktail, but I have one and I wonder if I'm going to make it through the night. I would just get really severe um, nausea, almost to the point of, you know, of wanting to throw up in like a restaurant or, or a bar and it really crippled my social life. But anyway, what I ended up, you know, finding is when you correct nutritional deficiencies, according to this protocol that I use and that, and that, and you also correct things in the environment, you just create resiliency and, and um, the ability to deal with these things. And I'll actually use alcohol clinically now because it does help people make energy in certain circumstances. Don't use that as license to like go out and, and you know, drink too many cocktails. But I think that alcohol is one of those things that people want a simple answer on and it's not a simple solution, pun intended. 
because when people say, you know, don't drink or alcohol is bad for you, well, wait a minute, which alcohol? Where is it from? How is it processed? How is it preserved? There's a big difference between drinking boxed wine, you know, that's loaded with sulfites, because when you make something on that scale to reach a certain price point, you have to use more stabilizing chemicals in order to prevent it from going bad. So that's one reason why people will say, oh, I'm allergic to sulfites. Well, you're not necessarily allergic to sulfites, but if you're drinking the amount of sulfite that's in a, a couple of glasses of boxed wine, it could give anybody a headache. You know, you just happen to have a lower headache threshold than somebody else. Compare that with a really fine wine that's very well, you know, properly aged and there's nice quality control and whatever. I mean, they may, my brother-in-law is a winemaker, that's why I know a lot of this stuff, but they use much less sulfites in those wines. So when you're doing a study, as you'll often see in academia being done, they'll say, oh, well, we saw more cancer or more this or more that in these people who drank more than two or three or whatever beverages of X, Y, or Z. doesn't matter if it's coffee, hot chocolate, milk, alcohol, right? All those questions are relevant. And at the end of the day, you know, you go back to the real test of what makes people live a long time or, or how we should judge, you know, longevity, right? There's lots of people who've broken 100 who were not teetotalers. They drank. None of them drank to excess for any significant period of time. What happens with alcohol is what happens also with gluten. So gluten is not just ever consumed alone, right? Have you ever heard anybody say, I'm going to go have a gluten sandwich? No, gluten is contained in with a bunch of other things, right? So when you look at a, at a, at a box or a bag of bread, it's, you know, wheat flour, and then it's niacin, and then it's thiamine uh, hydrochloride, and then it's iron filings, and then it's this and that and the other thing. And there's dough conditioners and stabilizers, and anti-humectants and anti-caking agents and dehumidifiers and antioxidants. And I mean, there's just such a wide variety of artificial ingredients in our food, and all of them have unique biological effects. Alcohol is no different, right? You know, you can't tell me that the, you know, the the stock or the the well margarita at the local like cantina is the same as one you make at home with really high quality ingredients um, that you know you you got for a premium at at a, a craft cocktail store. So people need to pay attention to these details because they can make or break the difference between being able to tolerate a food or a beverage and not being able to tolerate it. And also, you know, it's a key, the key to unlocking the success in terms of your wellness. And that's why with people who, you know, who want my advice and opinion on what is eating that's making them sick, a lot of them I'll say, look, you're going back to single ingredient foods. For now, it's going to be basically, you know, a very limited menu. Even your whole grains need to be, and I don't tell anyone to eliminate a specific food group right off the bat unless I already have their labs for some reason. But I, I say, look, I want, you know, you shouldn't be having, you know, oatmeal that comes in a cup. Get the oatmeal in a box or a bag that's just oats and then add stuff to it that you know what the ingredients are. And I've been floored by the way people respond to just that. And God only knows if it's the, you know, yellow number five in their salad dressing or if it's the, you know, potassium bromate in their in their bread that they they were using for years and years and years. I, I don't I don't know. And I don't get paid to figure that out. I get paid to get people better. And so we do what works, we work through things in a systematic way. And we operate from a position of there's all this stuff that could be making you sick that you're putting in your mouth. Let's make it super simple. Let's work through these things one at a time. Let's do some testing, see if we can get some data that leads us in a direction that really, you know, we can act from a position of data rather than empirics sort of making assumptions and go from there.
Dr. Stillman, you are a wealth of knowledge. I feel like we could do uh, 15 more episodes on this, and, and I think that we will have you back and, and talk about other and more specific things. So first, I want to say thanks for coming on here. It's very cool to be interviewing someone who's an expert, but also a former client, and I think that's, that's pretty cool. If guys want to work with you on their panels and they want to get healthy and they want to go through this process with you, where can they find you? How can they contact you? So my website is stillmanmd.com, my last name and my degree uh, at uh, .com. And they can fill out an application and work with me there. And everything about you know where to connect with me, blog, newsletter, stuff like that is also on my website. Awesome. Any last words? Uh, don't make it complicated and don't fall for the marketers. How do they know that? How can they tell? Great question. They're selling you something and they don't ad- admit or acknowledge that there are people for whom it is not the solution. They think they can help everybody. Yeah, they say everybody take this. You know, there's no, there's nothing in the world that's right for everybody. That's true. You know, I mean, excited. We could, we could make, like, split some hairs there, right? Sunlight, air, oxygen, you know, water, sure. Okay. But there's a reason that you turn on the tap and you get potable water, right? And there's a reason that, no, I mean, there's a reason. It's funny because now that I'm thinking through the example, right? There are people selling you very expensive waters. Let's just say I don't I don't spend a lot of money on the simple, basic things in life. Those, you know, come best from nature, and you can get them for an affordable, reasonable price. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I see on on TikTok. People talking about alkaline water versus your tap water, and you have to have water that's more alkaline, which is basic, right? Is that so? Is all that's that right. true? Well, no, because. You know, when you, and you know, we could get into the chemistry of this, but it's, it's pretty academic. I mean, I will get into measuring pH with people because it does have relevance to certain cases. But, you know, the, that thing with water, no way. Could you, could you over acidify or alkalinize your body with water? You would actually get water poisoning first. That's how dilute the acid level is in water. Can you do it with something like, vinegar or acidic foods or spicy foods. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's problems associated with that that we work through in a systematic way. But it's also not just as simple as the pH and the number of hydrogen ions. There's a lot more to it than that. Because remember, the pH of a solution, you know, isn't what is what is going to be unlocked once you put it in your body because your body breaks it down. There's a lot more to it than just, you know, what's in the solution when you're cooking on the stove or, or whatever. As always, the answer is it's more complicated. I hate uh, to say it, but it is. Than we think. But once you learn the basics, then it's very simple and you're able to deconstruct a lot of the noise and confusion and save yourself a lot of time, money, fear, and headache. Work with you, which uh, I strongly think you guys should do. So if you're interested, reach out to Dr. Stillman. We'll put his information in the show notes. And Leland, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. 